Welcome back to the Hidden Jewels podcast. I'm Karna Atkinson, and just as a reminder, if you are just joining us, my friend and mentor Roxanne Parks and I are giving space for women whose lives provide so much wisdom, but they're not heard when social media often has the loudest voice. So what happens when you get married, become a mom, and then come to Jesus? Well, my friend Leanne DePietro's story is proof that as she says, the righteous are never forsaken. I can't wait for you to hear our chat. Let's get to it. Leanne and I know each other because she was in my church growing up where my dad was the pastor. And um, Leanne, I just want to tell you that it's you're kind of a legend in our home of being such an encourager to my family, just such a rock for my mom. And, um, you know, and I know my dad just highly valued your opinion and your perspective on things. So, um, I'm so excited because I just know, um, you are full of wisdom. And when I was starting this podcast, I, you know, we haven't talked in a very long time, Right. Yeah. yeah, but it was like the Lord immediately, you were on my initial list almost number one of who I wanted to have on the podcast. So thank um, you. Yeah. So I'm so excited we're here today. Um, so let's just get into it. And, um, why don't we just start with how did you come to know the Lord and maybe just talk about your early life a little bit and your background. Then I'll do my best to try to keep this short. Um, (laughs) basically, um, I, when I had my first son, when I was 30, Um, I was living in Arnold and, um, my life was a disaster. I'd already divorced once I was remarried, not sure it was really the right thing Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, and we were not going to have children, but guess what? God had a different plan. I had a son, Dave, David, James, Mm -hmm. and he is uh, the joy of my life, obviously, but it's because of the burden of the responsibility of being a mother. I literally collapsed under the weight and being, you know, the Lord's timing is always so perfect in everything. I had a friend that came from Colorado to visit me and uh, she came specifically to give me the gospel. Oh, wow. Um, I was doing a lot of drugs. I was extremely unhappy. I had a baby um, and felt like a failure because of my previous marriage and all the things, but, um, and we could go into that forever, but we won't. Um, I just, she came and she walked into my house and I said, why are you here? What do you want to tell me? And she said, Leanne, I know you, you like gifts and I have a gift for you. And here's the gift. And it's Jesus Christ. Wow. And her brother was with her and I'll show you, I don't know if you can see this little thing that I have. Uh, where am I? Mm -hmm. It is a little piece of paper and it has, it's like a check and it is from the bank of heaven dated August 13th, 1980, uh, paid to the order of Leanne DiPietro, the amount of death signed by God for sin and paid in full by Jesus Christ. Wow. And he made that for me. And I said, well, okay, so what is, what's all this stuff about the Holy spirit? And so he drew a little picture of the triune God and all of that. Mm -hmm. So that was my beginning. I took, they left that morning 
after I received Christ. Well, no, I didn't receive in front of them. They left and I took a long walk with my baby on my back mm. on this ledge over on Metamont, you know, Karna, yeah, on that yeah. high mountain ledge and said, I quit. I give up. I, mm. I need you. And that's when it was started in 1980. Wow. And I was almost 30. Now I went to church as a child, you know, in the fifties, everybody did. Uh, and I went to the Methodist and I got exposure. Um, but I lived a pretty rebellious life. My parents divorced. Um, it was a lot of messes, Mm. but that's how I came. Mm. And I want to tell you something. I, this friend of mine followed up with information that I needed to do as, as a Christian. And it was a book and it had all these lessons on how to be a Christian and chapter seven, church life. Well, we'll just go past that one. And I I had no interest, no desire, nothing that one, I didn't want to go to church. Hmm. And then I had a dear friend that invited me to a special guy was coming to speak at chapel. Hmm. And uh, I was overwhelmed. And then it was just not very long after that, that Rick was called to the pastorate there. And they became to me absolute mentors. Um, Just so trustworthy. I mean, Linda, Linda's your mom. She has no idea the things that she did to keep me online. I was ready to leave my family. Mm. Um, I, she, I think she knew cause I hadn't been in church and I, we were all in Bible study together. She was our teacher and I hadn't been there. And she called me and said, meet me for coffee. And I came down and met her and she looked me in the eye and she said, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm unhappy. And she said, listen, you're going to listen to me right now. <laughs> this man you're married to goes to work every day, brings home the bacon takes care of your children, has given you a home, is faithful to you. You have to wake up. This is ridiculous. And man, she just whacked me around. And I'll tell you (laughs) what, it saved my marriage. And I began on a quest of learning because I came to Christ in marriage and he was not a Christian. He's an ex-Catholic. And I had to figure out how I could be a good Christian and be with an unchristian man. Yeah. That's really the story of my journey is how I learned the faithfulness of God in following his word, laying down my life for the sake of others, Mm. believing the best of my husband. Even when I saw only the worst watching him influence my boys in a way that was not righteous and yet trust God in the middle of it to carry them through. Literally, um, my life became uh, something that I had never seen before. And that is that marriage works if you understand that it's the exact example of our relationship to God. Never failed. When I was mad at my husband, I was mad at God about something. Oh, wow. Settle it there. And then love. Mm. But I could never love to settle it. I had to settle it in my heart. What was I thinking? What am I doing? And then move out from there. Okay, Leanne, I have a question. I have a question because I'm writing show notes. Uh, You said marriage works if you understand it is a 
representation, a replica of your role. Uh, say that yes. again for marriage works. If you understand. It is. What's the word? The word be a symbol, a, uh, a replica, a reflection, uh, reflection, reflection. And well, more of just a, a true exercise. When we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, Mm-hmm. I work out my marriage with fear and trembling because yeah. I'm accountable to God with what I do. Wow. I am accountable to him alone. And that's the one thing that I learned that is the most powerful thing is to let my husband go and trust the Lord. Wow. We're writing. So, so how do you do that? How do you do that practically? Because I think that this is, this is so relevant to so many women. So yes. many unhappy women who are married. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. How do you do that? Well, the first thing you do is you have to be in God's word, but not yeah. just open it, but say, you know, uh, let me just put it to you this way. Um, I need the right words here. Meant. Pay attention to what you're thinking. It's mental. It's it's bringing every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Because marriage, I really believe this too. Marriage kind of has one purpose: to reveal your self-centeredness. Mm. That tension reveals where you are. So I find that it's a mental decision. And here's where your mom comes into play again, Karna. She said, always remember Philippians, whatever things are good, wherever things are true, whatever things are of good report, dwell on these things. And so you see it's an exchange. Yeah. Yeah. I believe this, even though I feel and think this way, I trust the Lord in all my ways. I don't rely on my own understanding. Okay, and you can't trust the Lord if you don't pay attention to what you think you understand and don't understand. So I think it's more of a battle uh, about what you know, what you're, where you're mental. And we women have a lot of things that enter in there. We have hormonal. We have children and our burdens. Mm-hmm. We have the responsibility of keeping home and loving others. And I tell you what. Keep adding those things to your backpack and you'll end up with your face in the dirt. We do those things. We need to do those things, but we do them out of weakness Mm. and out of as unto him. Yeah. I don't clean my house for my husband anymore because every time I do, and he walked in with his dirty, muddy boots, I was all over him. And then I remembered, no, this is not unto my husband. This is unto the Lord. He can dirty it all he wants to. And that's just one practical example for me that I learned. It's a very lonely place to be married to an unbeliever. Very lonely. Yeah. And uh, my husband's coming along. I think he has an understanding. I think he's in living water up to his waist and doesn't even know it. But um, (laughs) he does not deny or argue or want to confront me on anything biblical or he has been the the recipient of god's love not mine you see what i mean it is mine yeah. but it's not mine. yeah and yeah. Uh, honestly it's miraculous yeah it is miraculous and it's a gift to him but it's a gift to you to know you 
can be that kind of vehicle? Well, I'm hard on myself. Um, you know, I'm a perfectionist and a people pleaser, and this is all my flesh pattern. You know, I was in uh, discipleship ministry, uh, went to Australia for my uh, credential. Well, actually, it was just a certification for discipleship counseling. Hmm. And I did that for about 10 years. Pastor Rick really encouraged me, and he got me started on that road. They supported me when I went to Australia for three weeks to train. And the training, interestingly enough, was about not be given materials and tools. It was a training of where you are to give what you have, not to give what you don't have. So everything was kind of like iron sharpening iron in that training. Um, But in that in that time of discipleship counseling, which was mostly defeated Christians. Hmm. How can I speak to anyone unless I understand what that means? Because I was very defeated, very legalistic in the beginning. Hmm. So that was a heavy burden. It's interesting you bring this up. I'm, I just had a discussion with a friend yesterday who's also in ministry. And um, so, you know, we talk a lot about Um, we're a safe place for one another to talk about our weaknesses. Right. Yeah. Um, And she was just saying, I just, she sits in these places of ministry and counseling and, you know, I'm the one that, you know, knows the real things going on in her life, in her home. And it's hard. I mean, it's hard. And yet she is counseling people that are in similar situations, you know, out at, and she just is like, I don't have it. I don't even know. And I, and sometimes she gets in that, like, who am I? Why am I being used to, to say these things when this is the reality Absolutely. of my life? Right. Yeah. Um, so that's really encouraging to me that we, we do that out of our weakness. And she said, um, the Lord really made it clear to her that it's, it's not about her. It's his, no. it's his business, what he right. does with her. Right. Absolutely. Because you pour out the spirit enables you to pour out at the right time when that person can hear. And when that connection happens, it's supernatural. I, I, you know, your dad, he would see people once and then he would call me in and then I would take over with the women or whatever. Sometimes I had couples or kids or whatever. And uh, it was a perfect setup because um he knew where I was coming from. I wasn't just coming from a school or a college and I had letters behind my name. As a matter of fact, that's always been a problem. I would not go to the state and get licensed. And this is not a righteous boast at all. I just couldn't be trained in something that is contrary to the Bible. Mm. And the state requires that you go into all these areas of psychological training and I just was not interested so it was very very kind of it's not small but quiet and helping people to understand how they act why Mm. they act the way they do and how to find the Lord in the middle of it Mm. and it's really like that um so and I have to say that it's uh you know since I moved to Colorado I haven't done any Mm. Um, I'm in a, I'm in a time of isolation have been for about 10 years now. Hmm. And it's time that the Lord bring all, all my words back to me 
and live in this quiet, isolated. I'm out here with the, you know, the cows and the <laughs> and the chickens and the ducks and the, you know, antelope and out here in the country and just having quiet, which about drove me out of my ever loving mind. Where's my purpose? What am I doing? I'm not in ministry. Who am I? But it all comes back, see, to the foundational truths. And this time when they come back, they're simple and quiet. And I just literally can rest on that place. If I go out, I go out. Like today, this is such a joy to me, just to be with other women. It's a joy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I've got to reiterate some joyous things you've said to me. You said that uh, there are so many defeated Christians out there. And that defeated Christians must work on themselves first in order to love others well or live well. And that basically um, it's a self and a heart thing. And I just am reminded that it's really just the Lord and me and all these other people to love are uh, in addition. And it sounds actually Leanne, it sounds pretty sweet to be out in the middle of nowhere with animals. <laughs> it <laughs> is. You, you know, it's it just really the, is. Well, mm-hmm. you know, it's the Lord and you out there, but I'm just calling you out. I still think there's a song left in you that hadn't been sung and you're not done because you're not dead. But <laughs> even this, even this recording, I want to make sure our listeners hear that defeated Christians have a safe place to go to the Lord and, and work on their hearts so that they can return and love well, because it sounds like that you said you came from such a depleted place with a divorce, remarried a son. And you said, I love it when you said I can collapsed under the weight of being a mother. Mm-hmm. And then you had drugs involved. You were the defeated Christian. And now I see you as such a sweet, secure oh, Christian. You. How did you go from defeated to so sweet and confident in who you are and who he is and whose you are. Well, you've just said it. It's absolutely giving yourself over to know him. Mm-hmm. Not what other people have told you about him. Not what we learned in Sunday school. I mean, get in the word of God and know him. What happened with me was, and it was never a pretty picture. Let me give you a fun story. Mm-hmm. I was so, I have two sons and I was so sick and tired of being a Christian in this environment of three strong men who had no interest, who didn't appreciate my input. And this one evening, I just finally had it. I just, I just had it. I said, I walked into the living room and I said, you're all sinners. You're all going to go to hell. (laughs) I can't live here anymore. This is too hard for me. And I grabbed my purse and left the house and slammed the door and got in my car. And I drove about three miles down highway four and pulled over and said, oh my gosh, what have I just done? I was so mad. Now I just caused this huge emotional situation in my house. So I got to go home and make it right. So I pull in the driveway, you know, a little like person, (laughs) open the door and here they all are on the couch, having fun, tickling each other and just having a blast. They didn't even (laughs) care that I left. (laughs) 
And I stood there and I just broke down crying. And I ran to my room, slammed the door, went to my knees and say, why God, what, what am I supposed to learn here? Tears. And then I remembered Jonah in the belly of the whale. And I was like, here I am. This is what it is to be like in the belly of the whale. Um, it's putrefied. And I think that's what happens when you don't forgive and you don't stay on top of your game. I, I said, finally, I came out and I said, I forgive you guys. You know, I hope you can forgive me, but it's really hard for me to work this all out, you know, whatever. And it was fine. But I learned that it's not my job because that's part of defeat. It's not my job to save people. My job is to walk in his way in peace as much as possible. My heart is so miserable when I'm in those places that, you know, I mean, I've been suicidal before. I just want to jump, jump off a bridge because I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. And see, these are all training aspects of the defeated Christian trying to become something that you're not trying to do something you're not to know God's word is to know the freedom to just be you and you are loved and accepted unconditionally. He knows your situation. He loves my kids more than me. He loves my husband more than me. I am not God in their life. So that's one aspect. I mean, of most, a lot of defeated Christians, and I'll tell you this, this is really sad. And Karna, you, you guys understand this. I'm sure you both do. 90% of the people that I saw in discipleship counseling were defeated because of church. Mm. Church has hurt them. Church has disappointed them. The pastor has upset them. Uh, whatever it is. It's yeah. always some other outside influence that has come in to challenge your faith. And when we walk in the flesh, we take up those things and we make cases out of them, go straight to our brain. We start developing a scenario. We end up defeated, unhappy. Everything the Bible says is not true. I don't like it. I can't love my husband when he's being like that. How am I supposed to love him? How am I supposed to you know, do all these things. It requires brokenness. That's Mm. the bottom line. You break before the Lord because you can say, I'm not worthy. I am weak in the flesh. I'm crucified in Christ. And yet I live. Self-care is such a dangerous thing. It's not about me um, becoming, you know, something it's about me coming in and remembering something remembering that i am the lord's remembering that everything that's come across my path is mine to do unto him responsibly Mm -hmm. um and you know a lot of the defeated christians they just they look to others as their god they don't know it personally they and, and i guess that's probably the crux of the discipleship ministry for defeated Christians is who is he and what happened to me? Yeah. Just don't understand. There's a difference between walking in the spirit and walking in their flesh. They're always going to, they're probably going to be in the flesh and they're going to be defeated eventually. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, you get to, you get too many things going on in your head and you can't think straight. You can't find the Lord in that. You're going to be you see it's it's hard to explain. <laughs> no. Well, I, hard time I, explaining it. I love it when you said um that basically uh defeated Christians end up defeated Christians because of the church and human beings and it's not because of Jesus it's because of this human condition but last I know we all live in that too so this whole idea that everybody's perfectly imperfect and I think we reject a perfect Jesus because of the imperfect people and I love Leanne when you said basically you had uh, three imperfect men in your life and you were ready to shoot them all and that basically that brokenness brought you to I put down brokenness can often bring us to Jesus and you fell on your face and got involved in the only relationship that was safe that mattered that was sustaining, and that was true not only that may I add it's fills and overflows it's the vessel in Corinthians the, the clay pot it comes up it fills it pours out Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't take credit for it. So what a wonderful thing. If I can't take credit for it, then I didn't really do it. The mm-hmm. Lord did it. And I get to be a part of his business. And it's, we've heard it all before. It sounds very simple, but it's working it out in your life. Everything that's in your life right now is used to bring you to a point where you can understand him, his ways and his promises everything. Um, some of it we bring on ourselves. Some of it just comes in. Uh, I like to think of it this way. You know, I was thinking about the political situation. We won't go on to that, but we look to our representatives who represent the government who represent on what's going to happen in our lives. Okay. We go to church. We look to our representatives to tell us how it is to tell us what we should believe to read the Bible, to do all that, but they're just representatives. They're not life. They're just people. Mm-hmm. We live unto God. We don't live unto others. And, and that to me is the most, one of the most powerful things. We live to God every day. And um, whether it's good or bad, you know, I've had terrible days where I have just been a monstrous person in my mind, in my heart. Yeah. But I love, I'm thankful for those days Mm -hmm. because they bring contrast to help me understand where I'm supposed to be. This is good. Hard hard days bring contrast Mm -hmm. and really hard days, therefore bring gratitude. Mm -hmm. Right. So good. So if you would... If you, if 90% of the people that you counseled, um, well, that's probably an exaggeration. Uh, Let's say 60. Okay. 60. (laughs) I don't want to get the church too bad of a time. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. So, but that church hurt, like I just personally, you know, I mean, that's one of my biggest things that I wrestle with is church hurt. You know, um, I can't, I can't quit Jesus. You know what I mean? But, um, but church hurt is hard. So, Mm -hmm. Um, how do you, how do you counsel through that? What is, what's the remedy for that? Church isn't the answer, Mm. basically. 
you know, uh, what is it listed? You know, what's all the things that disappoint you about the church? Uh, what are all the things that disappoint you about God? Mm. We do a we do a, a test. It's called a God concept test. And it's just real simple. You know, when you think about God, you I feel blank. When I when I think about trusting God, I feel blank. You know, and we do that with people who are very defeated and their all their answers really do not line up with First Corinthians 13 of who God is. They line up with their father. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the authority of who he is. Mm. So the very concept of God initially is off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With some people. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm happy to say that, you know, mine was not a good concept. It was a heavy hand over my head. Um, But oh, the freedom to know that it's like submission. You know, we come up under, (laughs) he comes up under us and sends us out just like we do with our mate or our friends or when we love, we believe the best in people. Um, And one little ray of light in a counseling session like that to say, this church that you are in is not who you are. Yeah. But it's easy when it's your job to get your identity mixed up. I got my identity mixed up with ministry. I'm Leanne. I'm, Bible teacher, you know, I did some conferences and retreats and things like that. I, you know, I've done all these things that I, my big hope was to go to Australia and get my, you know, wonderful certificate and was wonderful there. And, you know, it's all beautiful. I'm Leanne. I have, you know, Mm -hmm. I was a competitor. (laughs) This is hilarious. You won't believe this. I was a competitor as a child from the time I was five until I went to college. I competed internationally in baton twirling. Wow. And I had you go girl, you go girl trophies everywhere. Uh, you know, and that was what it was about. It was about, I am a winner. Mm. Well, where am I when I'm a loser? You know? Yeah. Uh, those are huge disappointments and frustrations, an idea of how life should be, how the church should be an expectation. Why are people like this? They're supposed to love one another. When I worked in the church office, it was the best experience I had because I found out people are just a mess. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, everybody has their idea and everybody wants their way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just church is just like family. They get it all out of order Mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah. And um, we get it out of order because we put too much pressure on ourselves. And, you know, your mom was not your classic pastor's wife. Thank God. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> she was quiet, quietly confident, supportive. Uh, you knew when you asked Linda Larson a question, she was going to wait before she answered. Mm. You know, she'd say we'd all complain about the hardest time of day being, you know, four o'clock on, you know, three, three to five. And she said, girls, what are you doing at five o'clock? I want to know, where are you at five o'clock? She said, you're supposed to be making dinner for your family. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't want to make dinner for my family. You know, she'd just bring us back to these beautiful places of what a privilege it is to be where we are. So yeah. I've gotten off track. I didn't really answer Roxanne's question, I don't think. 
all of this is good discussion about all of this. This is great. Yes. So good. Um, so, uh, so Leanne, I have a question. What kind of training did you get? Uh, you speak of your training and I, I miss that. Okay. Um, Abiding Life Ministries International um, is a ministry to the defeated. And I came to know the director and was so, my life was so turned around that I became impassioned with the ministry. And basically it's helping people how understand how they act, why they act the way they do and finding the Lord, as I said earlier. But this training, uh, it was personal training, not some ministries you go in, they give you all this information and you walk through all the information and then you come out the other end and you're trained. Uh, this is a training where we had um, books that we followed, but they were outlines for ourselves. You know, ask yourself these questions. Do this profile on yourself. Where is God's word meet up? Uh, for you in this situation. And it was a personal um, walk of training for three weeks, finding Christ at the center of everything. Yeah. Um, so hard to explain. Um, it's simple. Sounds lovely. <laughs> yes. It's not like, uh, you may have to edit this. It's not like, um, navigators you go into navigators you get all these books and things you go through the program you come out and now you're a navigator yeah i came out of my training and i knew things about the lord and myself that i never understood like my deep deep seated fear mm. deep seated fear and a warning about being isolation that was coming and you know, the purpose of that isolation, which has been a wonderful gift to me in this time. Mm. Um, I don't know. They have uh, trainings all over the world. Uh, the director has since passed away and it's taken on a different direction. And it's not the kind of uh, group where you have a lot of support. Mm. I was pretty much on my own. I went out on my own. I had three pastors I worked under in California for about eight to nine years, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, you know, went out for other things that I had invitations for. They're everywhere. Women are so confused. I think it's a time right now when we just don't know which ends up because things are so crazy. Yeah. Well, I like, Leanne, that you pretty much in this whole podcast have said that the defeated Christian, and you just said that there's a lot of that in our world today, defeated, depressed, anxious, and that the answer isn't in the church and it's not in people. And it's inside yourself with your relationship with God. And that work you can always do because it's between you and a God that's willing. Yes. Tested and tried. I would trust a person who had suffered through trouble quicker. Yeah. than anybody who had had it great because it's been tested, tried, proved. That's why my husband can't deny it anymore. Tested, yeah. tried, and proved. Yeah. Can't deny it. And God is good to show him that on a regular basis. 
you know, so, and my sons too, you know, I just trust the Lord with them. They're not really mine, you know, yeah. God loves them more than I do. I, I just have to be ready to give an answer when my time comes. And if I'm not walking in him, I, I I'm boggled. I, I don't, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm only working out of my own strength, my own understanding. Yeah. It's, it's such a supernatural reality that I am no longer, you know, there is a real change in who I was prior to becoming a Christian and who I am now. Um, unbelievable. Yeah. Redemption. And, and, and honestly, when you become untethered to this world and the weightiness and you become tethered to him and our identity, there's just a freedom that can float above the chaos of the world. And it sounds like, yes, sounds like Leanne, you walk in a freedom that has nothing to do with the performance of you or people or circumstances or events. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, so if you could leave um, your, if you could leave our listeners with, or your, if you could talk to the 20 something generation, or you could talk to your younger self and say, if, if life's taught me anything, I want to leave a last word that people need to know this. What, what would that word be? Thankful. Hmm. Very much in the very forefront. Um, to be thankful in the side of worse things, to be thankful and believe the best in, in all things, to stop and remember who God is and being thankful for him. I think, I think that's probably the hardest thing to do sometimes, but the most glorious because it gives God the credit that he deserves. And, um, you know, he is who he said he was. He yeah. is the man that he said he is. Yeah. Get to know him. Get to know the Bible from an objective, objective point of view, not subjective point of view. If we see the Bible as God's word only to me, then I become this like beautiful, you know, it's all about creating this beautiful thing to sit in the shop window for everybody. Mm -hmm. But if I am not doing, you know, if I'm looking, objectively and learning about who God is, what he's done, what he continues to do, what he's promised to do, what he's faithful to do moment by moment as we abide and rest in him. That to me is, that's a lot of words, but that's what I would say. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I, I keep thinking about you saying he is tested, tried and true. And, um, I wrote that down because I want to title this episode that, um, yeah. because I just think that was, that was the reason I wanted to do this podcast because when somebody who has lived and walked with the Lord, mm -hmm. when they say it's going to be okay, or God is faithful, that carries so much more weight. And it's Absolutely. like, I, you know, and I just want, um, I just, and younger women need to know that. Yes, they do. And I mean, you knew my Grammy and I, that was yes. one of my things is, you know, she has such a sweet, tender relationship with the Lord. Oh, and and yeah. so if she said, Oh, Karna, it'll be okay. Even in my little sixth grade drama, I was like, Oh, okay. I guess it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, I could believe uh -huh. her. So, right. um, so I just really appreciate you saying that. I, 
I could talk to you forever. <laughs> you know, we could talk forever. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So, um, I'm just so thankful because I feel like what you have said to us today is really a calling to lay down the heavy burdens of, um, being perfect, um, Mm -hmm. the burdens of expectations of others. Mm -hmm. And I um, did it. Oh, and and I was just gonna say in the burdens of, uh, feeling like we have to save other people, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. I did a class for a high school group. And I'll tell you, we're in a rough group. Just try to do a Bible study class for a high school group. I mean, it's rough. You yeah. got to be real or you're out of there. I yeah. mean, really. Mm-hmm. So I went into this high school group and I went to the hardware store and I bought about six bricks or more. Mm-hmm. And I had them tell me, I put my backpack on and I said, tell me what it is to be a good Christian. Oh, read your Bible. Put that brick. Go to church. Obey my parents. Mm-hmm get my homework done, get straight A's, go to college. And I'll tell you what, I took that, I, no, I called a student up and had him put the backpack on. Can't carry it. Mm-hmm. Cannot carry it. Mm-hmm. Cannot do it. Mm-hmm. Take the backpack off. Embrace Jesus. Moment by moment, walking in him, trusting his word, knowing that he loves me, even though I'm a complete, total jerk and failure at times. And here is the thing. You get to be my age, 71, and you can say, we've never seen the righteous forsaken. Tested, tried, and true. I've heard these words in my head so many times since our chat with Leanne. This is why we do this podcast. Because when a woman who has walked through this world with Jesus for as long as Leanne and so many others have, their words carry weight. In my times of uncertainty, I can borrow strength and faith from the testimony of these women, and I pray you do too. Thanks so much for listening today. Make sure to check out the show notes for ways to connect with us. And remember, you are a precious jewel in the eyes of Jesus. Your story matters. Let the world see you so they may see him. Mm